a playlist original. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. A playlist original. This is the Films at Home podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thank you for coming back to the Films at Home podcast today. Whether you're listening along on your audio podcast apps or you're watching along on YouTube, I appreciate the support and I appreciate you coming back. Today's guest is Ralph Potts. He is a Blu-ray and 4K reviewer and a longtime home entertainment and physical media enthusiast. Ralph works right now with AVS Forum, which is a very good website if you're at all interested in AV equipment and, of course, Blu-ray and 4K discs. They have a great forum, and Ralph has been doing reviews over there for quite a few years now, starting with Blu-ray and now into the 4K world. So I talked to Ralph about all sorts of things, how he got started, sort of his favorite 4K and Blu-rays, his least favorite 4K and Blu-rays, his thoughts on the quality control, what's going on in the industry right now, and of course, you know, curating a collection and how to sort of stay sane and, and manage self shelf space when you have, you know, 3,000 movies like Ralph and I have. So he was a super, super cool guy. I'm really glad I got the chance to talk to him uh, in person. Well, you know, over a, a web call, but um, I, I'd been following him on Twitter for a while. And he's he's one of the guys who many years ago, before I ever started doing any reviews or creating any content, I actually used to write Blu-ray and 4K reviews. Um, and he was one of the guys who inspired me to do it. I was following AVS Forum and uh, you know, following along with all of their information while I was building my collection and building my knowledge. So it was super cool to get to talk to him today. And I think you guys will really like this conversation. So sit back, relax, enjoy the interview, and I will talk to you guys at the end. All right, guys, here is the interview with Ralph Potts from AVS Forums. Ralph, thanks for joining us today. Super excited to have you on the podcast. My pleasure, Jeff. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, so if you want to just give people a little background maybe about, you know, you and your history in in this world of physical media, home entertainment, home theater, uh, you know, AVS forums, that whole deal, you know, where do you come from? What are you all about? Well, let's see. This actually goes back to prior to um, being at AVS forum. I was actually uh, 1999 or so. I think I bought my first widescreen television. It was a rear projection CRT you know, it was yep. a Toshiba, you know, I thought it was, it was the shiz, you know, um, <laughs> so, but, you know, having, you know, being in it, you know, you know, an enthusiast, I, I was looking for the best way to, you know, optimize the, the, this television I just spent, you know, this, this money on. So I went online and I, I found this website and uh, I found the answers I wanted there. So I, I began frequenting the site um, and I found out that there were people just like me who were interested, some knew more, some knew less. So I just kind of began contributing there, and I was approached by the the site's administration, and they said, "Look, you know, you're active on the on the, the forum. You seem to be quite knowledgeable. People seem to like you. You know, would you be interested in moderating?" So I said, "Sure." So I did that, and I was doing that, and the next thing I knew, I was approached by several um, you know hardware manufacturers who wanted to know if I would be interested in reviewing you know some of their upcoming gear on the site. So I said, "Sure." Um, so I started doing that and that kind of grew and, um, I then, you know, began kind of managing that aspect of the site a little bit, bringing hardware in and, and, and stuff like that. And it, you know, it was, um, at that time, you know, like DVD players, amplifiers, receivers, right. that kind of stuff. Um, so we also had some members on the site who were doing software reviews, you know, DVDs, um, and then eventually Blu-rays. The HD DVD Blu-ray format war was kind of starting to <laughs> to boil a little bit. Um, so I got involved in that. So I was doing that, and things at the site started kind of shifting a bit. So I then moved. I, I got a. I was reached. I was contacted by, um, you know, the at that time the owner of ABS Forum, and he says, "Look, you know." Um, same thing. People seem to like you. You, you know, you're here a lot. You know, I, I, I know you write for the other site. Would you be interested in, you know, doing anything here? And that was in 2008. And I moved over to ABS Forum and I've been handling their, you know, their Blu-ray um, reviews, 4K Blu-ray reviews ever since then. 
Um, so that's yeah, kind of yeah. how this all began. So you go, you go way back to basically first days of Blu-ray. We're talking 2007, 2008 when those first started to hit. Yeah. So I was, I was a little late to the game. I don't think I, uh, well, I was, I was in high school then. I had no money. Uh, there was no money to buy Blu-rays. So once I got out and I got into college, got myself a little part-time job, it was like 2012, 2013 that I even jumped into, uh, to Blu-ray. So I missed some of those early days. I missed the format war. I mean, how, how was that? I mean, is it, I always look at old Blu-rays, 2007, 2008, 2009, and I go, boy, those are, those are nothing compared to even 2015, 2016 Blu-rays. I don't know, Jeff, it was kind of ugly because you have to remember, you know, you had on, you had two very different you know, mediums in HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, and you had manufacturers um, uh, that were supporting one and some that were supporting the other. Um, so, and then you had this division, you had loyalists, people were like, hey, you know, HD, DVD, this is, you know, this is going to be it. And others saying, no, Blu-ray, this is going to be it. But, you know, you had Sony and Panasonic behind Blu-ray. So, you know, there was a lot of muscle there. Um and you had a couple of studios that were supporting both. Um, I think Panis, uh, uh, sorry, Paramount and Universal, I think were releasing discs in both formats. Um, but the early days, so the war's over now, so now Blu-ray has won. Um, and you had these releases coming out from the studios, and some of them were using, you know, MPEG-2, you know, encoding, which wasn't the best compression method. So you had this, this these, these issues with quality. And people were, you know, going from DVD to, you know, to high definition on Blu-ray. People were, you know, they were expecting it. And, you know, enthusiasts, you know, they they weren't going to have anything that didn't look right, you know. And then you had, you know, they were using, you know, um, DNR to try and clean up some of these, some of these uh, these masters and these en- these encodes, and that was creating problems. It took a little time, but um, eventually. We kind of got things uh, where we, where we liked them, although we do st- still see issues with, you know, with them manipulating some of these some of these masters and stuff. But um, overall, I think we're in pretty good shape now. Yeah, and I think the the quality got a lot better over time, which is why I'm so confused about what's happening with 4Ks lately. Um, not that the quality's dipping, but the quality control has kind of fallen apart, and I, it's I would have expected that in. 2015 2016 when the format started it's a pretty mature format now and i'm really not sure i mean i know you've seen it reviewing all these different movies and all the recalls and it's left and right from from everybody um and that's why i'm curious about what those early days of blu-ray were like and you know they kind of figured it out and it almost feels like we're going backwards now with 4k you know, I, I don't have a definitive answer as to why, you know, we have some titles. I, I think a lot of the issue is surrounding, you know, the catalog titles. You know, it's 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 the titles that, that, that are coming to, you know, to Ultra HD Blu-ray, um, you know, where you have these, you know, these remasters that are done. Um, and, and some remasters are spectacular and other remasters, you know, aren't spectacular. I think it really depends on whose hands it's in and what they feel is important um, to the the mass majority. Um, and I and I can't speak to how those decisions are made because I scratch my head sometimes, like you do, yeah. you know, trying to understand like, well, who who greenlit this? You know, right. who sat down and looked at this and said, oh yeah, this this is perfect print, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't have those answers. I, I, I agree with you that there are some that are head scratchers and then there are some that are spectacular and you say, okay, someone here understands, you know, so. Right. It's hard to say. And I think a lot of times maybe it's just, I feel like it's the boutique labels that have issues, but then the issues go back to studio transfers or elements they were handed and it's, there's gotta be some communication gap there. Because you don't see, I don't see as many recalls coming direct from a Warner or a Paramount or a Sony as I do from them licensing to someone else. So there's something lost in translation. That's that's how I've been feeling lately, anyway. Well, I would say that that's certainly a possibility, but you know they're very tight-lipped about it. 
you know, if you try to get answers to these questions, you're not going to get them. You know, it's going to say, yeah, you know, what happened was, uh, you know, Bill was out that day and, you know, he didn't, you know, right. he didn't get the, he didn't get the memo. <clears throat> so, you know, they're, they're not going to tell you their process. They're not going to tell you, you know, what it is that happened or didn't happen or how someone, um, but you know, I mean, we, we, you're right. I mean, I would say it's less frequent with the larger studios, but you know, we had an issue recently, you know, um, with, with Paramount with, um, escape from LA, you know, there was an issue yeah. with the audio track on that. And I reached out to the studio cause as soon as, you know, as soon as I popped the disc in, I'm watching it. And, um, in the system in here, in my room, I have a 7.2.4 channel, uh, Dolby Atmos system in here. And I immediately could tell that there was something off with the dialogue because the dialogue was not only coming from the center channel, but it was coming from the rear channels as well, which didn't make any sense. Mm. It was almost being, yeah. it was almost being double. It, it, it sounded terrible. Um, so, you know, to Paramount's credit, um, they got right back to me and said, you know, hold on, don't post your review yet. Let us, you know, we, we you know, we, we have, we do see there is something going on here. Um, so, you know, they made, you know, attempts and, and started a process of trying to address it. Um, and we had the issue with, um, the Mad Max collection from Warner. So, I mean, there, there are, you know, yeah. there are sometimes issues like that. There are things to fall through the cracks. Um, so, I, I don't, you know, is it a quality control issue? I don't know. Are we at a point where I think, you know, they feel that some of these things may or may not be noticed? You know, there we are definitely in the in the minority in terms of yeah. caring or 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 closely scrutinizing, um, you know, releases like this. Some people might, you know, could sit and listen to that that track from Escape from L.A. and yeah, it sounds great. You know, right. so I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, no, and I, I felt that way. I don't know if you've looked at the um, the craft on 4K. Yet. I have not, but I have With, heard about it. Yeah, so some of the just like the encoding, it looks like there's some clear issues with the compression. But I did say in my review, yeah, the, the opening credits and granted opening credits are always kind of low quality anyway. Movies from the 80s and 90s, um, you know, yeah, those look kind of rough. But honestly unless you are looking for an issue, uh, you know, the average person probably wouldn't have noticed that one. So, and, and it sounds like potentially not going to be recalled for that reason, because we are in the minority, but, um, you know, I do think they just have to be careful because this minority is who's buying physical media going forward. Right. This is so, so true. I, I mean, this is who you're catering to. So don't screw up the technical stuff when it's the technical people who are, who are buying, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we're not the majority yet for the big titles, but certainly for the boutique stuff. I mean, Criterion, Arrow Video, Kino, you know, who are you catering to? Yeah, I would it's, agree. It's me. It's you. It's everyone who's listening to this. Sure. So, uh, you know, I hope they clean things up a little bit. Uh, whatever the issue is, I hope we can figure it out because it's I'm getting tired of all the disc replacement recall emails. And it's like a job to track these now. <laughs> figure figure out where my next disc and for from. them you know it you know it, it's a cost related issue too you know oh, so yeah. i mean i'm sure it's not something that that you know they would want to continue to be a problem either uh like you said i don't know yeah well i can't imagine it's got to be a costly thing every time which is you know they're going to lock it down eventually my fear is i don't want it to hurt physical because then they can, well, if that happened on a digital, we, you know, we can just fix it. We upload a new file tomorrow and it gets fixed for everybody versus printing, you know, a hundred thousand discs or whatever they've got to do. So, um, that's my, my fear. But I mean, how, how have you been feeling about, about physical media? You, you know, you go way back to early days of Blu-ray and what that activity was like and now into 4k. I mean, how, how do you feel like we're, the, the market is right now. How are we doing? Do you think it will, you know, taper off or kind of level out? Or do you think there's room for growth? I'm always curious what people's thoughts are and where we're headed. Well, you know, in the early days of Blu-ray, I mean, it was a new format, you know, um, and it was, it was everywhere, you know, like in the early days of DVD, you know, when DVD came out in 1997, it, you know, you know, I remember it was kind of a game changer because now you went from VHS, which was just horrible, 
I mean, the best we had at you know at the, at the time, but sure. to now you know these little shiny discs where you could now have you know a lossy sound and you you didn't have to worry about you know the the you know the the, the thing freezing up on you or you know poor you know overly poor quality. Um, you could have the bonus features, all this other stuff. So um, in, in the early days of DVD, the early days of Blu-ray, um, it was everywhere and it was exciting. Now, when you have streaming, you know, people can basically not have to worry about, you know, amassing a collection or storage issues or whatever. They can take their collections or they can purchase things directly or they can stream something from a platform like a Netflix or an Amazon that has a, you know, a catalog of of films and they can do it with quality that. I want to say the majority would figure is, is is perfectly fine. So I've seen a pretty big decline in the number of offerings coming from, you know, the, the major studios. I mean, I remember, you know, in 2009, I was literally overwhelmed with the number of titles that I was getting to review catalog titles, yeah. new release titles. It was, you know, so much so I had to, I had to bring another writer in, you know, it was just, it was just too much to handle. And that was, you know, just from the major studios, you know, that was Warner universal, um, you know, yeah. Sony, um, and Paramount, Never mind any, you know, smaller labels or independent labels. Lionsgate kind of came along later and they started, they've now grown. Um, so right now, you know, there's really, and then, you know, COVID just, I think COVID just made things worse. So where the, where do I see things going down the road? I don't know. Um, I would say that we are going to probably see a further decline in the release of catalog titles, especially, um, there's very few of those coming out. Now you're getting, you know, the majority that we're seeing now are new release, you know, films, um, so, and we're starting to see a spillover now of those new release films being released simultaneously on streaming platforms. Um, yep. So, you know, I don't have high hopes that we're going to see any growth. I don't know if we're going to see any further expansion of, you know, the shiny disc format. I just don't see it. So going forward, I think it's going to continue to kind of diminish and, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, you're going to see a small majority, uh, a small minority that are going to be interested in them going forward. So I'm, I'm curious, like, do, have you had any experience with the, uh, I believe it's called Kaleidoscape platform since you do, you do some hardware reviews because that is probably if they can get storage costs down on how large, you know, you need 100 gigs to f- store a 4K movie. As storage costs come down and you can get terabytes and terabytes of storage for cheaper, that equipment gets cheaper. And eventually, you're probably to a point where you could be getting like a an SD card instead of a disk or, you know, so, or just downloading it right off the Internet once Internet speeds uh, come up. So I'm curious if you had any experience with that platform because they're kind of the first ones that I think are playing in that space with like the full uncompressed, not, not totally uncompressed, but you know, 4k ultra HD quality files in a digital service. I have seen it. I have not experienced Kaleidoscape in my room, but I have seen Kaleidoscape. I am familiar with Kaleidoscape and yeah, I mean, if they can, because right now it's, you know, it's pretty cost prohibitive for, you know, the everyday, you know, um, you know, person who likes to watch movies, it's, it's cost prohibitive. If they can bring those costs down, um, I don't really see any issues with the quality even right now. There's no quality issues at all. I think the quality is spectacular. So if they can keep the quality at where it is and bring the cost down, it could be a game changer. Yeah. Now that's what I've been keeping an eye on. Cause obviously it is very cost prohibitive. I mean, you've got to be, I don't know. I forget what it costs. I mean, it's thousands of dollars and that's just to get the system, you know, never mind the thousands you put into your home theater. So, I mean, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be doing pretty well to get one of those, but, um, and it's just not an investment most people would make, but yeah, if you get that down to the price of a, you know, 300, $400 4k player, 
I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd have my interest even as a physical collector because, you know, I'm thinking about the future too. I love my physical media, but I'm sort of like, all right, do I need 4,000 movies on Blu-ray or could I curate this a little bit better, you know, and save some space and uh, really pick and choose and curate my collection. So, you know, how do you, how do you sort of approach that with, you know, your collection and how you've been thinking about it going forward? Well, I have uh, I don't have four thousand movies in my collection, but I have close to three thousand movies in my collection. And what I have is um, I actually I have two. I have a, my collection consists of very few, but some DVDs. You know, a couple of HD DVDs that I still have that I can't get titles that I can't get um, you know, on Blu-ray. Um, and then, you know, Blu-ray and 4k, but I have, I have two jukeboxes. They each hold 400, both made by Sony. Um, so I have those. And so those 800 cases are stored uh, away and, you know, the rest of them, you know, I have, you know, on, you know, on shelves and, you know, and so forth and so on. But I've been trying to, and I also have, I've amassed a digital library so in other words there's titles that i had that i says you know what i don't need to, you know this i like this movie but i don't need to own the physical disc so i'm just going to take the digital copy so i have 2000 you know um you know movies that i own just the, you know the digital versions of um that i can you know stream or whatever i have an apple tv 4k that i you know i use as a streamer um so you know, but I have gotten rid of a lot of titles that way, a lot of title physical titles that I had that way. Um, but there's still, you know, 3,000 titles in here that, you know, that I want to have, that I want to physically have. So I have them, basically, I have all the 4Ks together. Um, they're more or less, you know, set up um, by genre, you know, um, and then, you know, the Blu-rays are, are the same way. Uh, that's kind of how I had them all stored in here. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking the same way. I do, I do still think I will have thousands, um, but I think I could probably cut a thousand <laughs> out of my library too. Stuff that I'm just not going to rewatch. Um, and I, you know, I used to be, I used to be that type of collector who was like, all right, let me go to Dollar Tree. Okay, there's 15 Blu-rays here. I'm buying all 15. Don't even need to look at what they are. I'm just buying them to buy them, right? And just I'm just trying to get as much as I can. Um, and I've gotten away from that because it it's it is overwhelming. And I realized I don't really care <laughs> about a lot of these movies I'm buying. Um, you know, I I almost do. I want to keep them. Part of me is like, man, should I keep these because maybe they'll never get another release, and I'll just be the guy who has that obscure movie maybe, but I could also do some sort of digital backup with them, um, which is what I've been thinking as well. So I hear you. It's a space issue. And, you know, we just had a, I just had my first kid. So oh, congrats. Like, Thanks. Yeah. So he's, he's going to be nine months old next week. And we're like, okay, so that's one kid. We have three bedrooms. I'm in one bedroom right now with all my crap. He's in the other bedroom and we're in the third one. Uh, what do we do if we have kid number uh -oh. two? Where does uh, you know, where does this room you know go? And so it's like, geez, do we want to move and get a bigger house? Yeah, I tried. I've been trying for the last year. It's almost impossible um, with the market. But it's you know that's why I'm like, man, I need to I need to consolidate. I need to I need to downsize a little bit, which is probably a good thing. And I would recommend it to anybody out there. It's you curate a collection that's truly what a collection is you know a museum doesn't just buy every art print that gets brought in the front door they curate and you know that's how i kind of feel about my collection too now yeah i you know um i had to start looking at it because for me i, I don't buy many movies you know i get a lot of them you know from the studios to review and as they come in anything that i didn't want you know, I would sell off or give away or whatever. Um, and, but, you know, I had to start looking at it differently because there was a lot of titles where I was like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like this movie, but then I had to start looking at it like, you know, and I was keeping them. I had to start looking at it like, okay, am I going to watch this movie again? Because if I'm not really going to watch it again, then why am I keeping it? Because I'm running out of space. So that, you know, that's kind of how I started looking at it. So I actually had, have been, you know, in recent months going through my collection going, yeah, no, 
not going to watch this again. Yeah, nope, not going to watch this again. Uh, and those, yeah, no, not going to watch it again ones, basically I just pulled out the digital copy because it was still a good movie that maybe I'll watch again, but I don't need to own. And I started just, you know, I, I would just redeem the digital copy and, and that's how I was doing it. Um, and that's how I've been doing it. So I've been trying to kind of, you know, reduce things that way. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, it's still a process. It is. It is. Yeah. And I used to be the type too, who was like, Oh, nice. I got this on 4k, but, uh, I got to keep the Blu-ray too, just in case I, I have stopped that. If I get a 4k release, I go find that Blu-ray on the shelf. And as, I mean, as long as everything's good and I'm not like, this is horrific. Like I still have my Terminator two Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, you know, something like, uh, what did I, what did I get the other day? Um, like some of the Hitchcock movies. I mean, I just take the old Hitchcock box set and I'm like, okay, trading it in at Bull Moose, getting some credits to the store so I can buy something I, you know, I really need versus having two copies. Now I only keep multiple copies of like a Jaws, a movie that's my favorite. I have all the Blu-ray copies and a DVD and stuff like that, but I, you know, I see people, I don't know how they do it. I mean, props to you guys out there who do it, but they buy three or four releases of the same movie. I don't know where it all goes. I don't know where the space is. Cause I definitely am hurting. Um, I, I got a downsize. I mean, I got, yeah, I mean, you know, the space isn't an issue in the house in terms of that. Um, but I would not want to spread, have to spread my collection to other areas. Um, right. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, but you know, everybody's situation is just a little bit different. So everyone has to kind of, you know, kind of, kind of figure things out for, for themselves in terms of what works best for their particular setup in their particular space. But yeah. And that's where I'm limited. So I've just been, my, my, I can't take anything outside of this room. My wife will have a connection. So (laughs) it's, it's, good. uh, No, I was just going to say it's, it's, good enough that she gives me a, a space and didn't, you know, say you're out of your mind, get rid of all these movies. Cause she, she could have, it would have been a, it would have been a fair compromise for me to get rid of probably half of them, but I have a whole room. That's just my, my stuff basically right now. Oh, see now good for her. You know, I mean, it, my, my wife is also, um, I mean, my kids are grown. Um, matter of fact, we just had our first uh, grandchild, um, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, she's a sweetie. Um, that's fun. Yeah, so you know, the, the kids have moved out, you know, they're married, living on you know, in their own homes and so forth and so on. But I mean, over the years, I mean, you have to mention that I've been doing this a long time, and my wife's been very, very good about um, all of it, you know, all of it. Uh, so, um, she, you know, has rarely been, you know really giving me any static about, you know, anything, especially having to do with like, cause the theater room's downstairs. So okay. like in a basement, um, I live in the house I have is what you might call a raised ranch. We call it a bylaw. Okay. So the, the yeah. downstairs family room is where the theater is. So it's a 24 by 14 foot room. The, the, okay. uh, the, the, uh, the screen is on the short wall. Um, so I have, you know, I have two cases, two, um, you know, cabinets in here that have movies in them. And then I have the jukeboxes are actually in my office, which is off of the theater room. And in my, in there, there's a closet. And in that closet, there's a large, um, storage, you know, uh, cabinet in there that holds a thousand, um, discs. So at least they're out of the way, you know, they're in there. Um, so you're not, you know, you're not looking, looking at them but that's that's what i've had to do too is like i had shelving and it was like it's just not as efficient i've gotten these actually this this cabinet right behind me here is one of the storage cabinets that'll hold i think that one holds like 700 and it folds up and i mean it just looks like a little uh i don't know looks like a coat little rack or something like it's just you know it doesn't take up much space and i have these spinning towers now use all use all four sides maximize the space i mean i've been able to consolidate space wise because i'm not in as big a room i don't we're in a super old house it's uh it was built in 1899 so 
up in northern mass and it's you know like there's no basement it's a it's a field stone foundation like i'm not going down there with anything that's worth money <laughs> yeah i'm um, not putting a not putting electronics down there i got a humidifier running all dehumidifier running all day it, it's damp you don't want to go there um so this is pretty much it and it's like i got a slanted ceiling on one side with skylights so that eliminates one wall and i've had to like really crunch down and um you know, make, make and do. I also work from home. So this is the home office as well. It's an all in one deal. Hey man, whatever works, is, buddy. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to make it work. This is why I was looking for, I said, we either need another three bedroom house with a home office or I need four bedrooms. And I just got to take that fourth bedroom and, and make it a space. Cause I, I do everything in this room. I, I work the day job. I do all the YouTube stuff in here. I mean, it's just like, I live in here some days. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about your situation. And that's why I tell people all the time, like, don't, don't go crazy. If you can't, you don't want that FOMO. Like don't, I always don't blow your budget thinking, oh my God, that new release came out and I have to have it to post it on Instagram or the collector community is going to be like, why didn't you get the Batman? It's like, there are sales, save your money, budget, be smart about it. You know, you never want a collection to become a, a, a debt. So um, I, ch- I try to preach that a little bit, you know, be smart and stay within your means. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. I'm a believer in that as well. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't, and any of the gear in my theater uh, room or in my home, I, I, nothing's bought on credit. If I, if I buy it, I have the money to pay for it. And that's the end of it. Um, I, I don't, you know, like you said, I'm not going to go, I don't go into debt. I'm not going to go into debt for anything that, that, uh, pertains to, to this. Um, but you know, I mean, that, that's, that's my choice. You know, everybody's, you know, makes their own. Yeah, no, I think it's, I kind of play the same way. I'm like, okay, if I, if I'm going to upgrade my TV, well, I'm going to make sure I have the, the two grand and you know, if I put it on my credit card and get some points, you know, that's one thing, yeah. but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay it off. And, you know, I try to try to stay within your means. Cause yeah, you just don't a hobby becomes stressful when you're trying to pay off debts just to enjoy your hobby. You can enjoy your hobby at all different levels 100%. and it doesn't have to, you know, everyone's at a different level. I, so, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, Sound advice for the collectors out there for everyone listening. Definitely. This is, this has been the financial hour with Jeff and Rob. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> so, well, while we're talking about it, so let me tell you a little bit about what what I have in this room here. Yeah, no, I love to hear. Um, so, as I said earlier, I have a seven point two point four Dolby Atmos system in here. Uh, the brains is a Marantz um, AV seventy seven hundred six AV processor. Um, I use the Motiva amplifiers. Um, to power the system, um, the the bed channels um, ear level here are SVS Ultra uh, speakers. So up front I have the SVS Ultra towers, um, the Ultra Center, and then the Ultra surrounds. The four in ceiling speakers are Niles Audio, um, and the two rear channel speakers, which you can probably see, they're in walls in the back of the room on either side of the door. Those are also Niles Audio. The subs, the subs are um, SVS as well. Um, the PC four thousand cylinder subs. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, big boys. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I've been using SVS subs. Um, let me see now. The first SVS sub that I that I got was in two thousand three. It was a cylinder. Um, then I went, when they came out with the, which was at the time, cylinders were all they made. Um, and then when they came out with the box subs in like 2007, um, you know, I went with one of their, their PB subs and I used that for quite a while, but, um, I like the, the cylinder subs for their space saving and their ability to, to play loud and low. Um, and, and these, these are, these are fantastic. So let's see now for sources, I have two um blu-ray players are both capable of playing 4k one is an oppo 203 the other one is the panasonic 820 um i like having two players it's it's it goes back to the early days um of blu-ray where you know i there's there were some titles that you know gave players trouble 
particular players trouble. Um, so I kind of like to have two. I really haven't been running into any issues like that over the years. It just became a habit. So um, I have uh, I have both of those players in here. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people went, you know, when, when Opal stopped making, you know, the, the, the players, a lot of people went and sold theirs off. I, I won't do that. Um, I love it. Um, no, I wish I had one of those. I have one of the Reavon, which is newer, closest thing I think you can get to Oppo right now that's actually on market. So that's what I went with. But man, I wish I had one of those Oppo players. If I see one pop up on Facebook or something, <laughs> I'm, I'm grabbing it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm a fan. I mean, you know, I use I use both of them for reviews. Um, you know, if 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 I was asked which one I use more, it would be the Oppo is the one that I use um, more than the Panasonic. Um, as I mentioned earlier, too, I have uh, an Apple TV 4K um, that I use for streaming. Absolutely love that. Um, that's oh, um, the video. I have the JVC NZ7, which is their uh, latest um, 4K slash 8K capable uh, laser front projector. I've been using JVC projectors since 2007. Um, so, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm a fan, um, of JVC Used Sony before that. I didn't really have any problem with Sony projectors either, but, um, I've been using, um, JVC since then screen. I have as a Stuart, uh, studio tech one thirty G three. Um, I was actually, um, I recently reached out to Chris Seymour over at Seymour AV because I want to want a dual uh, screen system in here. So I want to have a retractable scope screen because the uh, Stuart is a 16.9. So um, they're building that for me now. Those guys are great. You know, Chris is just such a knowledge when it comes to this stuff. And so we had a nice little back and forth um, to come up with the best solution for what I wanted. So uh, that's in the works now. Um, yeah. And um, that pretty much rounds it out. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, I had the SVS guys on two two episodes ago. I'm trying to track which one it was because I there's episodes I've recorded and there's the ones I've released. So when people are listening to this, how many ago was it? I don't know, two or three. Um, but yeah, I've I've been using their stuff since since I first upgraded to a big boy home theater. I I started with like a three hundred dollar. You bought a, it was a Samsung, you bought a Blu-ray player and that was your receiver. Sure. And then you hooked your speakers up to that in my parent, like in my parents' house, in my bedroom. Like that's what I was using. I thought that was groundbreaking at the time. <laughs> um, and then I moved down into their, their basement. I kind of finished the basement for me and my, she wasn't my wife yet at the time, but we lived down there for a year and that's when I could expand I went to SVS. I have all their prime stuff. The ultra stuff is real nice, but at the time I was in the prime budget. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I have the P the PB two thousand sub. So yeah, I mean I love that. It's a it's a monster. I've moved three times, and that's uh, <laughs> that's always one of the heaviest things I move. <laughs> it's a it's a monster to move. But I've heard their cylinder ones are great too, and the the space savings. Um, you know, they don't look like they're going to be this powerhouse. And then I've heard them and they just blow you away. Crazy. So I, I do love the SVS stuff. We had a really good conversation with those guys. So I would, that's my go-to. If anybody asks me, if you want, you know, your, your five speakers. And I even use their um, prime elevation speakers for, for the Atmos, for the heights, um, which are very nice too. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have a you, you have the upgraded version of my set. You have the the luxury car, and I have the Toyota Camry. But <laughs> the SVS is it's good stuff, no matter what level you go at. They just have great product. Hundred percent. Yeah, so I've been I've been super happy with those. Um, and then yeah, I, I am kind of a Sony guy. I have to say I'm a little bit of a Sony fanboy. Um, I've I've got the Sony TV. I had a Sony 4K player, but I got rid of it because I had issues. Um, and that's when I moved up to something bigger and better. Um, although I must say, and maybe I'll ask you this cause you're a hard, you're the hardware guy recently, last couple of reviews I've done, I'm using the Reavon player. I've got a Denon receiver. It's all 4k cape. I've never had any issues. I've had the video dip out on me for two, maybe three seconds. Screen goes black. Audio keeps playing. 
but I lose the video for two seconds. And at first I was like, oh, great. Another defective disc. Here we go. Cause I didn't lose audio. So I'm thinking everything's good. Um, I've been, I've been messing with cables. I don't know what's going on. So I'm, I've been trying to figure that one out recently. Well, stuff like that is hard to diagnose sight unseen. Yeah. Um, because it can be, it, <laughs> it's hard to diagnose sight scene. Sight scene too. <laughs> yeah, it could be a thing that's a combination between your receiver and the player. Um, it could be, you know, it could be settings related. You know, it could be something, you know, between your Sony TV and your Denon. You know, um, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, so I really wouldn't want to, you know, wouldn't be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, Jeff, here's what you can try because um, I don't know. Yeah, I've been trying a lot. I mean, I don't it, – it's weird because the audio stays. So I'm not, I'm not totally losing a connection. But I was thinking about – I don't know how you have your stuff hooked up, but I was thinking about maybe sending the, the player straight into the TV um, with the HDMI and then running an audio-only HDMI cord to see if that will – fix anything to try to diagnose it i mean that's always worth a try i mean that's kind of like step one you know in terms of trying to troubleshoot an issue like that where you're having the video drop out on you um you know just, just you know kind of bypassing your your avr and going right to the to the display to see if that you know rectifies it because then it uh, will then tell you that there's an issue there um but you know the morants and the denon stuff you know they have there's some settings in there um, for the video output like that enhanced that 8k or that 4k enhanced setting. I don't know if you use that, if you have that enabled, um, if that's enabled, you could try disabling that and seeing if that, um, you know, uh, rectifies it, you know, uh, hard to say. I, I know I've been trying. I, the interesting thing is it doesn't just happen with 4k discs; it happens with Blu-ray discs too. So at, at first I'm like, uh, you know, maybe it's, Maybe it's just the the 4K video isn't isn't coming across right. I changed the cables. Watched a Blu-ray the other day. Had never had an issue with that, and that started dipping too. So I got some work to do. These are the fun, the joys of owning oh, your own home theater. Isn't it? Is. Let me let me pull everything out of the wall. Let me start playing with cables. <laughs> it, it ends up a mess sometimes, but uh, I've got to do it because this just started happening to me. I've been. And it drives me nuts because I'm that type of person. The video drops for two seconds and I'm like, well, this ruined the movie. I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, because now it's in the back of your mind. You're no longer focusing on what you were watching. You're thinking back to what the heck just happened and why. So I get it. Oh, yeah, I'm such a stickler. I'll I'll go downstairs at lunch or something. My wife will be watching TV and the, the sound sync will be off. And I'm like, how the hell are you watching this right now? I I Five seconds in, I'm like, you have to shut this off, reset everything. Hold on. I can't. I can't watch this. The lip sync is totally off. Yep. And she doesn't notice it. So <laughs> we're just that type of people. I just can't even function no, because it is. It's it's just in my head. I hear you. But yeah, I'll have to, I got to figure that one out. Something's going on. New cable. Maybe I need a new receiver. Maybe something's going on there. I don't know. It's a few years old, but did it just, usually that did it just start when up. you got your, uh, your Rayvon player or the new player? No, that had been, that had been fine for, for a long time. I had had no issues. And then just, just recently, the last week or two, which is why I've, I don't have many reviews that I've put out in the last two weeks because I've been trying to figure it out. Oh, and it's driving me nuts. Sorry, man. You have my sympathies. <laughs> I'm sure you've gone through it. I have. You know, I have. E- either that or a hundred other things. It's it's always something, but luckily it's usually a pretty easy fix. You just have to figure out what the fix is, and that's the hard part. So, you know, talking... 4k discs and reviews i mean what are what are some of your highlights i'm always curious you you've been a reviewer what are what are, you, what are your top you know two or three what are the reference 4k discs you'd recommend All right. so I, I i jotted these down jeff because i'm a guy i don't yeah. <laughs> um so i love it i people ask me oh you know what's your favorite movie what what's 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 the disc that you think is the best you know what's what and it's hard to say because i have so many and i've seen so many and there are so many good right. ones so I have like 10 here that I'm just going to rattle off. Let's do okay? it. Top 10. Um, just the top. The, the, these are not necessarily the top <laughs> 10, but these are 10 really good ones. Okay. Here, not I just want to be clear. want to be clear. <laughs> Alita Battle Angel, 3K, 3D or 4K. Take your pick. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. 
Um, that got a perfect video rating from me. Pacific Rim. Um, fantastic video. Tremendous Atmos mix. Um, 300 uh, is, is another one. Perfect uh, rating on the Atmos mix from uh, from me. The video, it really depends on, you know, what's important to you. But that one to me looks fantastic. Uh, yep. No Time to Die, the most recent James yes. Bond movie. Double 100s yep. on that. The Greatest Showman, that got a perfect video rating from me. Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, that got a perfect video rating from me. Alien, the original 1979 version. The Wizard of Yes, we need aliens and alien the rest of them. 100%. 100%. Because <laughs> Alien looks really, really, really yeah. good. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, that got a perfect technical rating from me. Superman, the movie, I'm just a huge fan. I love the movie. I love what Warner did with the Atmos track on it. The video isn't perfect, but it's good. The sound is better. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, perfect video. Uh, oh, yeah. Technical rating from me on that um also i just jotted down a couple of box sets that i like um or collections uh the middle earth collection that includes the hobbit series lord of the rings um the matrix collection indiana jones back to the future the godfather trilogy alfred hitchcock classics collection and the dark knight trilogy those are just a few um, so those are some that if someone says, Hey, you know, I'm looking for something that looks and sounds good. You can't, you can't go wrong. No, I would, uh, I would agree with, I think all the ones on that list. I mean, I, I always have a hard time just like you, cause it's like, how do you, how do you pick 10? I always try to do an end of the year top 10 and inevitably somebody's like, yeah, you missed this one. This and I'm like, well, yeah, it's good. It's great. But I just, I had to pick 10 and that's it. And you know, Part, part of it is like, you know, I really liked this movie too. So if, if I'm putting this one head to head with this one, I'm putting this one on my list. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick 10, but those are, those are all very good ones. And um, I've been impressed. I don't know if you've seen, you had Hitchcock's volume one, the, the volume two sets pretty good too. The movies are not quite the same caliber. I mean, they're still Hitch, they're still Hitchcock movies. Calling it Hitchcock Classics is a bit of a stretch with what's in there. I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they're good-looking discs. So if you like Hitchcock, yeah, both of those sets are standouts. Um, a lot of the Stanley Kubrick stuff, 2001 you mentioned, that stuff is all very well done. Looking forward to more of his. Um, but, yeah, there's just so many that we still need. You know, you uh, you read off a list like that, and I immediately, you know, I start thinking of uh, Avatar. I start thinking about aliens and the rest of the alien franchise. And uh, there's just so much, there's so much to still do. And I'm, I'm just hoping that somebody puts them out. Somebody gets the catalogs going. I would agree. I mean, and, and you know, it's, it's frustrating because when you look at your collection, you say, Oh, you know, this movie, there's, there's some movies thanks to, you know, Jim Cameron. I'm like, these movies aren't even on Blu-ray yet. You know, know. Uh, you know, True Lies, The Abyss. I'm like, come on. Um, Great movie. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're still behind on some of those. Um, but like you said, there's there are some out there where you're like, come on, guys, someone just grab a hold here and let's just, you know, and let's get this moving before it's too late, you know, and, you know, the opportunity know. never comes. So all we can do is all we can do is hope. Well, yeah, and that's what worries me about and and like you said, the studios are so closed off that you you often don't know. Sometimes we know, but a lot of times we don't know if there has been restoration work done. You can kind of take a guess. Like I know Universal did a bunch for their hundredth anniversary, and I know Warner Brothers has done a bunch, and you know Paramount's been doing a bunch of work. But I mean, some of these, I'm like, geez, every day that goes by is another day that that negative could be sitting somewhere just getting degraded further. And somebody's got to take it and do something with it so we don't miss out. I mean, it's almost a race against the clock if it hasn't been digitally scanned yet, which is kind of scary. And, and, you know, stuff like The Abyss or True Lies, which never even came to Blu-ray. I'm like, well, where do those stand? I think they did The Abyss and it's done, but I, I have no idea where True Lies is, what that looks like. 
you know, there's a, there's so, there's so much like that. That is, it's kind of scary how much might get lost. Um, so, well, if those are your favorites, let's, uh, let's, let's finish this up. I want to know, I want to know what your least favorites are. Cause this is, uh, <clears throat> All right, I got a couple, I think this might be a, a hotter point of contention for people than their favorite list. Yeah, I got a couple of complaints. Um, okay. So these are not in any particular order, by the way. Uh, Fair enough. Forrest Gump. Um, Solo, a Star Wars story. You know, do I even have to say Terminator 2, Judgment Day? Yep, yep. Uh, these are all 4K, by the way. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. The Goonies. Beverly Hills Cop. Now, the next two weren't. I wouldn't call them complaints per se, but I felt like <clears throat> they could have done more with these two. Super 8 is one, and The Wolf of Wall Street is the other. Um, you know, I, I reviewed them. I, I looked at them. I was like, mm, you know, some of this could, you know, could simply be, you know, you know, the innate quality, you know, of of of, of the you know the master and how it was shot and so forth. But there are times where I felt like mm, there's a little, you know, there's a little touch ups here and there that, you know, that that's kind of not making this as good as it could be. So so Super 8 and Wolf of Wall Street, good, could have been better. Um, Unbreakable. You know, I looked at Unbreakable and it just kind of, well, it broke my heart. <laughs> No, it's like, you know, I looked <laughs> very breakable. Yeah, it was very breakable. Um, so I looked at Unbreakable and I was disappointed. Um, you know, uh, you know, I like M. Night. You know, his stuff can be like hit or miss for me. But Unbreakable is a movie that I really like. You know, it kind of, you know, kickstarts that whole like glass, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Glass and, and glass story. And, story. and right. here it comes. It's coming to 4K and it just, it was a misfire. It was a misfire. So those are some that I, I look at and I go, yeah, I wasn't happy with these. There's um, there's more, but you know we're, we're, our, our yeah. time's limited. But those are some that I'm unhappy with. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's fair. Forrest Gump is actually one that I think when I first reviewed it, I was like, you know what, this is pretty good. And then I went back and watched it again. And if I could revise a YouTube review, which I can't do. I would probably add more on to that because there were things I noticed a second or third time that I missed the first time reviewing it. Um, that was one that probably slipped by me, but the others are all, I, I think I'm in, I'm in agreement. And a lot of times too, it's just like, sometimes it's an ugly movie and it's lipstick on a pig. And no matter what you do, you're just not going to get it there. And uh, I've seen a lot of those come out. Um, I mean, when you, when you do a 4k review, are you, I mean, obviously we're looking at the whole picture, but I tend to find myself more interested in how they colored the new release versus the detail of the release and the trans, the the details important, the transfer is important, but I've seen so many go way left or way right with the color grading with HDR that I tend to focus on that more. Um, so, I mean, how do you, how do you feel when you're reviewing? Is that something you've noticed too? It is if it's something that significant significantly impacts the balance of the presentation. If it doesn't impact the balance of the presentation, then it's probably not something that I would I would have an issue with per se, um, you know, because when I look at a presentation, you know, you're looking at, like you said, you, you know, you, I, I try to look at it, look at it globally, but we all have our own, our own ideas about what we perceive to be good or bad or whatever. So every, everyone's eye is different. Everyone's, um, you know, you know, key points are different. So for me, you know, I want to see how well they, you know, applied the, you know, the HDR in terms of not just, you know, the, the color grading, you know, and, but, you know, how are they using, you know, the highlights? Are the highlights highlights? You know, how well are those interstitials in the darkest areas of the image? Are they visible? Are they not? Should they be visible? Like you said, sometimes, you know, the way a movie shot, they're not supposed to be that visible. So, you know, I don't want anything that's not supposed to be there. Um, so it's critical that 
when you go into this that your display is properly adjusted and calibrated so that you know you're seeing what you're supposed to see um so i try to tell you know i try to look at it that way and i try to tell people there are certain you know movies like the batman for example you know that's a very dark movie um but there's a lot of detail in the darkest portions or the darker portions of the image and if you don't have you know your your setup your display set up properly you're either going to miss them or you're going to blow them out so um so yeah so i i try to look at the resolution you know how you know how well but some some movies like you said you know if if they're shot on film depending on the film stock they could be you know they could be grainy so you're not going to get that high glossy you know really sharply defined image you know and it's not supposed to be that way um so i try to take all of those things into account when i look at them but i don't always get them right i miss you know like you said earlier you know sometimes you you know you, you do a review and you miss something and uh you know that's the nature of the beast we're not all perfect no for sure and that's why you know i <laughs> Uh, it's nice when some people will comment and say, you're the only person I watch for 4k reviews. And I'm like, you know, I don't always say this cause like, great, but I'm kind of like, well, you know what? You should, you should probably watch or read like three or four more because <laughs> I am not everybody's, you know, I, I am not the judgment here. There are many other people who take a look at these and they have different eyes and they're looking for different things. And it's important to sort of get a, holistic view of everything um but the other interesting thing too like like you had said is i, I think when you review a movie on 4k I, I always try to review it within the context of that movie itself too so i'm not comparing something like the batman to the goonies we're we're, we're two different levels of technology they can both be fairly dark movies but how did the Goonies handle that for the time period and the technology? It's not going to be the Batman. And I, I see comments sometimes where people are like, you told me to buy Jaws on 4K and it doesn't look good. And I'm like, well, no, it does. It looks tremendous, but it doesn't look like it was shot yesterday, nor should it. So if you were expect, I think there's a misconception that I bought 4K. I have a new 4K TV everything should look as bright and crisp as my latest Netflix 4k stream that I just watched. And there's almost like a, a lack of knowledge as to how a movie was made prior to 2005 when everything went digital, because you got a hundred years of movies here that are not going to be the prettiest things in the world, but within the context of their history, jaws is incredible. 2001 is incredible. That one actually could stand up with some of the modern movies, but it's all within the context of that individual film because the, the Texas Chainsaw 4K is not going to match up to 2001 on 4K, even though they're same time period and, and same format and everything. It's not even close. I I couldn't agree more. And, I, and, and you're correct when you say misconception because that's exactly what it is. You know, everyone thinks yeah. that, well, this is 4K, so everything's supposed to look like No Time to Die. It's 4K, right? Isn't right. it 4K? You know, and it's like, yes. Yeah. However, you have to understand that there, you know, there are limitations to the medium that was used at the time in terms of film stock. Um, you know, what they had yeah. available and what, you know, and the, the way that the film was shot, the intent of how it should look. Okay. So, you know, no, they're not all going to look exactly the same. Okay. But if we can get something that represents exactly what was intended that we can't ask for anything more than that okay and they're all going to look a little different so you might as well get your head wrapped around that um but there's nothing you can do about people who look at things that way because they're going to continue to look at things that way and in terms of looking for someone to follow you know i, I get comments from people a lot and they say yeah you know ralph's my go-to guy and i but a lot of them will say ralph's my go-to guy because i find that his experiences often mimic mine. You know, the types of movies he likes, I tend to like. The way that he says a movie looked, I agree with him. So that is, you know, that, that's important for, for some people because maybe they don't, maybe they, you know, don't want to necessarily, you know, read multiple reviews or whatever. So if they can find someone that they, they feel that their perspectives align with theirs, in your case, a guy who feels that your perspectives or a girl align with, you know, with theirs, 
then there's nothing wrong with that as long as you understand that, hey, sometimes, you know, we're not going to line up. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not gospel. Exactly. If you don't agree with, if you don't agree with me, feel free, you know, look around, see it for yourself. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, that is how you probably resonate with people. And I definitely have my biases and everybody has their biases towards what they like. And there's sort of an unconscious bias too. If, if I already love this movie and have a soft spot for it, and I've seen it 15 times compared to a movie I've seen once, I could be more critical or more, you know, I could praise that movie more because I'm so excited. And it's, you know, there is sort of that unconscious bias. You don't even know you have when you're, when you're reviewing. So it's a, it's a struggle. You you try to remain neutral, but it's like when I was reviewing Jaws, I mean, you would have had to royally screw that up for me not to tell you that this was awesome. I'm going to tell you something, Jeff, you and I are on the same page, especially with Jaws. When Jaws came out on Blu-ray, I reviewed it. You know, like you said, I was so excited and so pleased with how it looked. It got double – well, it definitely got 100 for video. It got 100 for video on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I had people come back, there's no way, you know, this is 100. And, and I think <laughs> and I think some of that – some of that – and just to be clear, yeah, it was. But some of that for me yeah. was my enthusiasm for the movie, how pleased I yeah. was to see it looking so good because I saw Jaws in the theater when it was released in 1975. Okay, I was there. I was I was eleven, but I was there. So um, I've been a fan forever, and um, and to see it looking so good, and of course, you know, come out of Ultra HD and looking even better, I was I was thrilled. So I know exactly what you mean about that. Yeah, no, it's the it's it's always the struggle to try to remain neutral, but I do just some of the packages that come in, I am more excited about than others. I mean, that's just that's fair, you know. Everyone has that, but yeah. So man, we've been going. Going an hour. We did a whole hour. I wasn't sure. I was I was saying 45 minutes, maybe, you know, I always get to an hour. I always run long on these things. So I, I do appreciate you taking the time today. And, um, you know, before we before we take off, this is a really good conversation. So, you know, if, if people do want to follow you and follow along, you know, where, where can they find you? And I'll put all these links in the, uh, the episode descriptions, too. Um, well, they can find me on Twitter at uh, Ralph at um, AVS Reviews. Um, they can find me on avsforum.com. Um, that's where I post my my uh, my Blu-ray reviews, uh, my 4K Blu-ray reviews. Um, that's the easiest way to find me. Just Google Ralph Potts Blu-ray. It'll come up. There you go. Ralph Potts. P-O-T-T-S. Ralph Potts. Google it. AOL keyword. Ralph Potts Blu-ray. You're in. <laughs> so I, I will say I, you were one of the first people that I saw do, well, you weren't one of the first people I saw do a 4k or Blu-ray review because people had done them, but you were one of the first ones I found. Um, and I kind of, the way that you found the forums back in, you know, 97, 98, when you got into this stuff, I mean, that was sort of how I got into Blu-ray too. So, um, have to give you a thank you because I don't, I don't know that I'm here without you and some others who have been doing this for way longer than I have. So um, appreciate the knowledge and, and everything you've shared over there. It's been awesome to, to have uh, in my back pocket and it sort of, you know, inspired me to come out and do it myself. So um, just want to give you a shout out. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. It's, it's, it's nice to hear that. Um, and, um, you know, I'm appreciative of the opportunity and the invite to, you know, to be on your show. It's, it's an honor for me. Um, and, you know, um, I want you to know too, that it's a reciprocal feeling. You know, when I, you know, I see guys like you that, that put a lot of time and effort into this. Um, and I appreciate your passion and your enthusiasm for it because we're all, you know, we're all kind of cut from that same cloth. So it's always good to be able to, and, and, I, and I see some of your stuff too, it's always good to be able to to read what others think and read what others say and, and, and their expression and, and have an appreciation for the fact that they um, feel much the same way you do about, about this type of stuff. So um, I'm appreciative for you as well. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, there's always, I am always reading people's reviews and, you know, I try to do mine first before I read anybody else's, but you know, you learn stuff, you learn stuff where you say, I missed that. I, oh man, how did I miss that thing? Or, you know, I totally screwed this up or yep, we're on the same page. I mean, whatever it is, it's, it's helpful to have guys like you out there. So, um, everyone 
please go check out Ralph. I mean, I want you to watch my videos as much as anybody else, everyone who's listening out there, but check out, check out Ralph's reviews. I mean, I still read them. I still get on there all the time and they're, it's good stuff. It goes way in depth. So uh, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate everything you do and I appreciate you coming on here. So really thank, thank you for the time. We'll have to have you back at some point. Cause this is a good conversation. Um, anytime, and, uh, anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later, Ralph. I appreciate the time. All right, everyone. So that was our interview with Ralph. Ralph was such a cool guy. I hope you guys enjoyed that. He's got an awesome, awesome setup down there in his, in his family room. Uh, the room that he was sitting in is just incredible. I've seen, you know, some pictures of it. Um, his equipment is unreal. Like he, he really knows what he's doing. And so it, it was really cool to, to talk to him. And it was really cool to just like get a different perspective because, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to read different reviews and talk to people with different mindsets who are looking for different things. And I thought that was a really, you know, good part of the conversation we had with Ralph there. And it is important. I would never tell people, well, you know, my, my reviews are the word and nobody else knows what they're doing. There are plenty of people who know what they're doing or have different opinions and, nobody's opinion is wrong or right. It's an opinion. And while I may be looking for something in a 4k release, Ralph might be looking for something else. And so, you know, like he said, kind of find the person who best aligns with what you're looking for, but never rule out somebody else's opinion just because it doesn't align with yours. I think it's good to read and watch and listen to everything you can when you want to know the most information about a topic that you can know. So I love Ralph for coming on. This was super cool. I appreciate him taking the time out of his busy schedule because even though he's retired, he's still working. He's got 4K reviews coming out every day. He's doing more than I do right now. So props to him. Uh, He's got a really good thing going over on AVS Forum. So, you know, Google Ralph Potts Blu-ray. Uh, You can find him on Twitter. I'll link him down in the description. But of course, you can go to avsforum.com and find all of his content over there as well. And as always, make sure that you're following along either on YouTube or your favorite podcast app or both right here. It's the Films at Home podcast. Would really appreciate giving a a five-star rating on any of your podcast platforms if you're enjoying the episodes or leaving a review or a comment. That means a lot to me. I have seen a few of you who have done that, and I do appreciate it. So Yeah, otherwise, make sure to follow me on social media as well. My links will be in the description and stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to be talking to uh, someone from Bull Moose. I'm not sure who it's going to be yet, but I'm going to dive deep into the the business side of home entertainment and physical media and and talk directly to, to a source, to a video store. If you don't know Bull Moose, they are a local New England based video store that is still operating several brick and mortar locations and are being successful at it for many reasons. So I'm going to talk to them about what's made them successful when so many other places like them have have shut down. So it'll be an interesting conversation and certainly will we'll most likely bring back some nostalgia for home video days, but really excited to have them on uh, next week and, and see who I can get there. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're following along. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe and healthy out there. And I'll talk to you all soon. Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.